0: Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Dan Gumby of Greenland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the only podcast out there fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend, the UFC is heading to Uruguay for Shevchenko versus Karmouche, and we are going to be talking about that card. But if you're familiar with the show, you probably know we're only going to be talking about the prelim portion of that card. Now, if you're new to the show, you're probably wondering to yourself, Why exactly is that? Why are they only talking about the prelim portion of the card? And the answer is quite simple it's because you probably already have feelings about Shevchenko versus Karmouche. You've probably thought about Latifi versus Ozdemir or Luke versus Perry. Those fights are on your radar. But the fights that aren't on your radar are the prelims. And on these prelims, there's a whole bunch of value as far as betting and daily fantasy goes. And you've probably been missing out on them. So I'm here to help you understand a little bit about what you're missing out on and hopefully help you in those daily fantasy lineups. And speaking of daily fantasy lineups, it is important that you guys know that this podcast is exclusively brought to you by bsmma.com. bsmma.com is completely changing the way that we play daily fantasy sports. And the reason is quite simple. It's because they focus on MMA They don't do all of those other sports. And while you're there playing MMA-specific fantasy, you're going to get it in an MMA-specific style. Instead of picking fighters with salary caps and worrying about how many strikes they're going to land, you just have to focus on picking five winners, the way that they win, and in what round they win. That's it. You watch the points rack up. And if you head over to bsmma.com right now, you can use our exclusive contest code PRELIM11 and get a free contest right now. So make sure that you head on over there play that free contest, and make your picks today. And to help you out with those picks over on bsmma.com, as usual, I have enlisted in a very knowledgeable co-host today. I'm joined by Kurt Chase-Patrick of Combat Docket. Kurt, thanks for stopping by again, and what is kind of a tricky card?
1: Yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on again. Uh, It was a lot of fun last time, and... Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. You know, when you look at it uh, first glance, you're kind of scratching your head like, you know, what the hell are we watching? But when you actually get down and look at what we got going on, there's a lot of really intriguing fights, a lot of really fun and young prospects that are on this card. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's one or two people on there, too, who... I probably didn't remember their debut as well. And now that I, I I went back, I did a little studying for this card, I 100% am like on their train. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. So first, as you know, we start with uh, three five-minute rounds. So we're going to start with the first round, and we have to put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round talking about Alexi Kuchenko versus Gilbert Burns at 170 pounds. Now Gilbert Burns is stepping in for Laureano Staropoli. Burns is one two in a row in four of his last five. The only loss in that span is to Dan Hooker. He's got recent wins over Mike Davis and Olivier Aubon-Mercier. Uh, Kuchenko. He's also one two in a row. He's only been in the UFC for two fights. He's beaten Yushin Okami and Tiago Alves both by decision. The big question here for me is, can Gilbert Burns deal with the difference in size moving up a weight class?
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, question. And honestly, like I'm really surprised. Not to not to get off track too much, but that this this is on the prelims. I mean this this fight is really really good. I mean if you look at this whole card, um, I mean besides like the top two fights, this is the one I'm most looking forward to. Uh, Burns great fighter, got some UFC experience, and Kachanko um, is an absolute beast. Um, coming into the UFC, he was, I mean that guy was wrecking people, wrecking people, wrecking people, and then uh, got a bit of a step up in Yushin Okami and Tiago, Tiago Alves. Couldn't get the finish, um, but yeah, the the intriguing part is Burns moving up. Can he deal with the size? I mean, Burns is definitely not a small lightweight, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, especially on short notice, I'm not sure he's going to really be able to deal with the size and implement his game plan, which is a grappling heavy um, style because he is such an excellent grappler.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right about that, too, because Kachenko stuffed 15 takedowns from Yushinokami, which is just crazy to think about that he stuffed all 15 of them. And we know Burns as a grappler, but, but Burns doesn't have awful hands, too. I just don't know if he's got the hands that are going to light up somebody like Kuchenko.
1: I don't think so, man. Kuchenko is a scary dude on the feet. And again, like like you said, 15 takedowns. Okami is a good grappler, a good wrestler himself. And Okami is a big dude. Okami mm-hmm. fought for the strap at 185. Um I think Gilbert's going to have a really tough time here, but man, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it too. If I have to go with an official prediction, as we usually do here, I- I'm going to go with Kachenko by decision. And uh, I'm a little bit upset that I am because I-, I love watching Burns fight. How about you?
1: I do. I- I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go Kachenko by stoppage. I think Burns wow. – Moving up, Burns on short notice, relatively short notice. I think Kachenko's going to wear him down. I think Burns is going to get tired shooting for takedowns. I got Kachenko by late stoppage.
0: Wow, interesting. All right, so we're going to look at another exciting fight that's got another person who I'm surprised to see on the prelims, and that's Tisha Torres, who's fighting Marina Rodriguez. Torres is probably on the prelims because she is on a three-fight losing streak, but let's talk about those three fights. Uh, Jessica Andrade, Ioana jtech, Willy Zhang, All by decision. None of those women could stop her. Rodriguez, she's 1-0-1 in the UFC. She beat Jess Aguilera by decision, and she had a draw with Randa Marcos. Now, obviously, this is a huge step up in competition for Rodriguez. Does she have anything in common with those ladies that gave Torres all the trouble that could beat her here?
1: You know, from what I've seen from Rodriguez, she's a pretty uh, lanky, um, uses her reins well in her striking. Tisha is... Obviously she's, she's she's really tight, she's really compact, she doesn't have much on her punches, um and she kinda gets in like these rhythms where she's not throwing a lot, the fight really slows down. You know, but I mean you look at her last three fights, I mean, Andrade champion, Rose champion, Zhang fighting for the title. I mean, those those are like you said, a big step up in competition. Um but I mean, you know, Marcos, Jess Aguilar, nothing to scoff at. Um I, I got a feeling Torres is going to be able to get on the inside, work at her range, and uh, eke out a decision. She's not a finisher, but she's got a lot of high-level experience, and she really needs a win here.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, the biggest thing for tija Torres is that the, what's given her trouble is the people who can get in and out on her, right? Like Jessica Andraj, really powerful. She does a good job of getting in and out. want on good job getting in and out. Rose Namajunas, good job of getting in and out. Willie Zhang, super powerful and, you know, maybe not as good as the other ones we named at at getting in and out of striking range. I don't think Marina Rodriguez can do that to Tisha Torres. I think Tisha Torres, as long as she engages, she's not going to have any trouble closing the gap. She's not going to have any trouble touching her. And like you said, I I don't think she's a finisher. I think she's going to get this one probably by decision, but I think it's her fight to lose.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there too, man. And another thing about Torres is she's got arguably the best team and the best set of coaches around here out at ATT. Mike Brown's done a phenomenal job with those guys and gals out there. Um, Yeah, I, I got Tisha Torres here by decision. I think back against the wall, she's going to pull one out here.
0: All right. Well, that just about does it for our very first round. So we're going to quickly send it over to our sponsors for a quick word. And we'll be right back with round number two. look the best part about watching fights with your friends is showing them that you are the MMA expert you know about more about MMA than they do and of course you do because you're listening to this podcast right now and if you want to prove to them that you know more why not create your own contest on bsmma.com they have a create your own contest option where you can make the, the contest as big as you want maybe you got tons of friends over you want to put 20 30 friends in it Maybe you want to make it really small, you and just a couple of friends. Maybe you want to put some money down on it. They've got that option as well. There's all kinds of customizable options with the Create a Contest, and bsmma.com makes it as simple as possible. You're all just going to have to pick five winners, five methods, five rounds, and that's it. You're going to watch the points total up. You can enjoy the fights, and they make them that much better. Now, back to the show. And we are back with round number two. We're going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about the big guys. We're going to talk about Cyril Ghani versus Rafael Pessoa. So both these guys making their UFC debut. Ghani, this is only going to be his fourth pro fight. That's right. He's only 3-0. and He turned pro one year in one week before this fight. That's right. One year in one week. He's won all of his fights by TKO or KO. He won the TKO title, which is a promotion up in Canada, in just his second fight. And then we got Pessoa. So Pessoa is a 9-0 and pro. He's got a mixture of finishes in there. And he fought for LFA, which is a good promotion here. So uh, the the hype is fully behind Gane, even though he's got way less experience. Why should people
1: here ignore the experience and talk about Gane? Yeah, so I looked at it at first, and I was like, 3-0, and like, ah. That's a little weird. I looked up his highlights, man. Uh, I'm impressed. There's a lot of buzz around him, man. He's big. He's strong. He's athletic. He's powerful. 12-0 um, in pro Muay Thai. The guy has really clis- uh, crisp, clean striking for a heavyweight. He's fast. He's good on his feet. Um I'll, man, again, there's only three fights, so it's kind of a small sample size MMA wise, but I really like what I see.
0: Yeah, and, and if you look at those fights too, if you combine the records of his opponents, his opponents are something like sixteen and two or something like that, which is just really freaking impressive. Cause he beat Adam Dyska, who is a you know, a well known regional prospect up in Canada, he was like on the border of being a you know a UFC veteran himself like he he was about to be signed when he gets beat by a guy who's one and oh in Sirogani. so there's a lot of hype behind him one of the only things i do worry about him just a little bit is when he gets excited striking when he feels like he's landing stuff his hands come down a little bit and he swings from the side it's probably something he'll shore up but i don't think Pessoa is the type of guy to make him pay here somebody else in the ufc heavyweight division maybe
1: yeah Pessoa. there's not a lot of footage on him out there um but what I did see, you can kind of get a grasp of what Pessoa does. I mean, that guy's a wild man. Mm-hmm. He has some wild striking. He throws with big power with both hands. He throws really thunderous leg kicks. Um, I mean, man, his punches come from the hips. He's he's winging punches. But I agree with you. I think, I think Gagne is is going to be the more technical fighter. I think he uh, is going to be able to make Pessoa pay for his wild stuff. Um, man, I. The question is, is this going to see a second round? Is this going to even see two minutes? That's I, the real question. I, I don't I, think so.
0: I'm betting the under on this one. Even if the the over-under is half a round, I'm still betting the under. Just because, like you said, Pessoa is a little bit of a wild man. Ghani is a technical Muay Thai striker. Like, this is going to end quickly when Pessoa gets confident in whatever he's doing.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm smashing the under there. I got Gagne by by probably knock out within like two three minutes tops and i'm going right along with you there so we're going to move on to a flyweight
0: fight that's right there's still flyweights in the ufc hojerio banturin versus raulon paiva uh banturin he won a split decision over magomed Bibulatov in his debut he's also got a rear naked choke win on dana white's contender series Pivia uh split decision loss to kai kara france in his debut but he picked up a big win over alan Nascimento uh on data white's contender series down in brazil last year uh obviously bibi latov couldn't walk down Bantareen, which is pretty damn impressive can
1: paiva bontarine is a really slick smooth grappler um pa- paiva's pretty you know i watched some footage on paiva paiva's a young gun man i think he's like 22 23 years old he's a pretty exciting prospect um Again, it's flyweights, man. You know, what are we doing with this division? I don't know. You're bringing in guys like this who are both young in their careers. They're both solid. They're both, you know, slick everywhere. I'm excited for the fight. Uh, I got Bantarine, man. I really like his grappling. I think he's really slick. He's got some really smooth transitions. Um, I like him. I like him being able to out slick Paiva in most situations on the feet, on the mat. I got Bonerine here.
0: Yeah, and I think Bonerine is a little faster too. Um, he's not Kai Kara-France fast cuz Kai Kara-France is pretty damn fast and that's that's what gave Paiva Agreed. the the most trouble in his debut. But Bonerine is, is not that far behind. I also think he hits harder than Kai Kara-France and Piva tends to leave his chin up a little bit here. So like I, I'm with you on this one. I like Bonerine. I bet you he probably tries to keep it standing and if he does I say he gets the knockout here too, and I know we're not seeing tons of finishes at flyweight, although we did see Matt Schnell pick up the win this past weekend. But I'm going to go with Bonterreen by knockout. How about you?
1: I'm going to go Bonterreen by rear naked choke. Like I said, I really like his grappling, um, and just that win over uh, Bibi Latov really speaks a lot to me. Bibi Latov is a solid fighter. Uh, yeah, I got Bonterreen by rear naked choke.
0: All right, and that's just going to to do it for the second round. We still have three more fights to go in the third round. It is going to be a quick and exciting round, so make sure you stick around through this word from our sponsors. So we already talked about how bsmma.com makes it real simple, right? You pick five winners, five methods, five rounds you watch the points total up but you also can add a little extra bonus to each and every fighter that you select maybe you know that your fighter is really good at takedowns and you think they're going to get a dozen of them you know go all colby covington from last week and if you think that maybe you're going to tack on the ac slater bonus which gives you an extra three points for every single time your fighter scores a takedown it gives you points for knowing what your fighter is going to do That's the way that you should win in daily fantasy sports, not by having some random amount of leg kicks land. Show us that you know more, bsmma.com. Head on over there now. And we are back with round number three. We got three more fights to talk about, so we're going to put our typical five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Veronica Macedo versus Pollyanna Viana. Macedo, 0-3 in the UFC, losing to Jillian Robertson, Angela Lee, and Ashley Evans-Smith, all by different ways. Choke, decision, and TKO. Uh, Viano 1-2. She's got back-to-back decision losses to Hannah Cypress and J.J. Aldrich. Uh, Macedo's record is probably worse than she is, but do you think it, it shows she doesn't belong in the UFC?
1: It's tough, man. I mean... You look at the three fights he's lost, all tough competition, all all very good fighters. Um so I don't really know. I think this is crossroads fight for both fighters. You know, Viana she's one and two in the UFC, but she's also beaten up thieves and bullies on the street. So maybe we can give her a two and two. You know what I'm saying? But I think I think both of these gals have fought some tough competition. I think it's a real crossroads fight here. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's a good matchup here. I think it's a little bit of a step not step down in competition, but a little bit more of a equal playing mm-hmm. field for both of them. And I'm excited to see it. Yeah. And I think this one too comes down
0: to striker versus grappler, right? Macedo's got some like fun spinning kicks. She's real quick on that front leg. Whereas Viana's striking is, it's pretty bad. Let's, let's call a spade a spade, but her jujitsu ju- is slick. So like the, the question pretty much comes down. Do you think Viana gets her down and chokes her out? Or do you think Macedo probably wins the decision on the feet?
1: Yeah. I mean, Macedo's got a pretty pretty extensive Taekwondo background. She throws a lot of spinning stuff, and I think that could leave her open and, um, you know, uh, available for takedowns. I see Viana getting her down and finish her on the mat. I think Viana's a really slick grappler. I got Viana here.
0: Yeah, I, I got Viana by dis, or by uh submission too, just because I think you know, like l- like you said, spinning stuff not a good way to defend a takedown. So uh, our next one, we got to hustle along here. Uh, we're gonna talk about Geraldo de Freitas versus Chris Gutierrez. DeFritis, one and 0 in his UFC career. He beat Felipe Colores by decision in his debut. Gutierrez is 1-1. He beat Ryan McDonald by decision, but he got subbed by Rayani Barcelos in his debut. Uh, what's something that fans should know about each of these bantamweights?
1: So for me with Gutierrez, um, going into his second fight, uh, I heard a couple things about him. He was overcoming some personal demons, not to get too far into that. But he really had a nice bounce-back finish against um, Ryan McDonald, bloodied him up. I think they're both really uh, well-rounded fighters. Um, you know, De Freitas has a good mix of subs, TKOs. Uh, he's got some tricky, sneaky grappling, too. Um, it should be another fun one, man. Gutierrez has some nice, flowy, striking, um, pretty calm in crazy situations. Uh, I got Gutierrez here.
0: I'm actually gonna go with DeFritis. One of the things I love about him, and I'm glad you mentioned his funky grappling, he's just chains takedowns together really beautifully. Uh, that I th- and I think it's really fun to watch him grapple. Um, so I'm gonna go with Defreitas by uh, either TKO on the top or a submission. Um, and that brings us to our last fight, which is uh, Alex de Silva versus Rodrigo Vargas. Uh, de Silva 0-1 in his UFC date. Or UFC career he got guillotined by Alexander Yakolev. Uh, Vargas making his UFC debut at 11 and 2 he just head kicked UFC veteran Mike De La Torre and Combate uh, Da Silva showed last time that he could wrestle a little bit any chance he wrestles Vargas here and should he wrestle Vargas here
1: no I don't think so man you know Da uh, Silva is one of the guys that I kind of circled when I was when I was you know starting up on this card I really like I like his striking man. He's got like some some like pretty old-school tie. He throws really nice low kicks, mixes his punches up well, um, and like you said, he could wrestle. He's one of the guys that I'm really excited for on this card. I think if he keeps it on the feet, he's going to have a lot of success in this fight and yeah. in his career. Yeah, and that's really what I thought in the Yakovlev
0: fight, too. It, it, pretty much I said exactly what you said. Like If, if De Silva keeps this on his feet... He should handle Yakolev with no problem. But then uh, we saw him try to grapple a bunch of times, and we saw him get into the guard a bunch of times, almost like we saw Tevin Giles do this past weekend with Gerald Mearshart. And, and like, he shouldn't. Like, his advantage clearly lies there. So I think you're right. I think if he decides to keep it on the feet here, Da Silva is the clear pick. But uh, And it's early in his career for me to do this to him already, but, like, is he the type of guy who's going to go to the wrestling?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. And another thing, too, is Vargas has a really good guillotine. He's got, like, three or four uh, guillotine finishes on his record. I was able to see a couple of them online. So if he does go to the wrestling, he's got to be really careful about leaving his neck out there and really time his takedowns well.
0: Yeah, and I actually like the way that Vargas offensively wrestles, too. So with about five seconds here, I'm going to throw my prediction out. I'm going to go with Vargas just because I'm worried about the fact that Da Silva is not going to fight a smart fight. He's young. He made the mistake once. I- I'm hoping he doesn't do it again, but I'm going to say that he does.
1: I'm going to Silva by decision. Uh, Vargas, Mexican pride. It's going to be a fun fight. I'm going to Silva by decision.
0: All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Now, before I let you go, I do feel like that I need to note that Ariana Cardellosi is supposed to be fighting somebody on this card. There's been about 800 replacements. I mean, Rachel Ostevich was supposed to fight in this fight. You know, Rodrigo Vargas is a replacement fighter, too. He was supposed to fight, or uh, De Silva was supposed to fight Rafael Fiziev. So, like, there are a bunch of replacements. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, Carnelosi will have an opponent. We didn't forget about that one. It's probably on the prelims. But I feel like I should mention it before I let uh, Kurt go here. So, Kurt, once again, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I really appreciate it. had a good time.
1: I appreciate it too, man. Thank you for having me on again.